But if for some reason, like, you say something like, I hate my boss, and you want it edited out, we can just tell Tom to edit it out. There's definitely going to be something I say that needs to be edited out. Wouldn't you love a backstage pass to candid discussions at the crossroads of motherhood, justice, community, entrepreneurship, mentoring, and success? Host Melissa Rosenblum is one of only a few women certified by the Supreme Court of New Jersey as a criminal trial attorney. When you add kids, a booming law business, and a little black book full of subject matter experts, you've got the Mighty Merp podcast. That's MightyMERP.com. Hi, this is Melissa Rosenblum. Welcome back, or welcome to the Mighty Merp podcast. I'm excited today to talk to Jessica Fama. And um, I could tell you all of Jessica's amazingness, but simply stated, Jessica is my paralegal. She is what I call my unicorn. She makes me look brilliant. And we're going to talk about our week in review because each week we have some amazing stories. Some are great wins. Some are great heartaches and some are just funny stories about working in a criminal law law firm. So Jessica, welcome to the podcast for the first time and um, introduce yourself. Let's hear your origin story. My origin story is pretty short and sweet since I'm only 24 years old. I don't have a very long one. Um, I'm from Monmouth County, New Jersey. (laughs) Um, So I'm from Monmouth County, New Jersey. Um, I lived there my whole life, basically. Um, I went to Stockton University for college. I have my bachelor's degree in criminal justice. I specialize in victimology and victim services. And then once I graduated, I moved to Mays Landing, New Jersey. So I'm now still sort of new to this area and getting used to everything. Um, and that's how I found this lovely job there working you- for Melissa Rosenblum. <laughs> that's great. Um, so you went to Stockton, you studied victimology. So when you went to college, what was your goal or where did you imagine yourself ending up? Um, in college, I wanted to be a victim advocate for the prosecutor's office. Um, that's where I really wanted to end up job-wise. So you're telling me that this is just a stepping stone. <laughs> I think she's no. going to give me notice by the end of this podcast. No. <laughs> um, did you, I know the answer, but you worked at the prosecutor's office for a short period of time, yes. right? Mm-hmm. For, it was about two months, only because of COVID. Um, I wasn't able to stay for the full semester I was supposed to be there for. And was that part of your college experience? Yes, I had to do it for my internship, um, and I received credit as a class. And were you there in working with the victim advocates, or were you working with detectives? What was your job? Um, you were at the Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office, correct? Yes. And who are you working with directly? So I was not in the victim witness unit. I was actually in the major crimes unit. Um, So I primarily worked with detectives. 
Okay. And did you like your internship there? I did. I loved it, actually. And so you thought, I'm totally going to end up working at a prosecutor's <laughs> yes, office, right? Yes, that's exactly what I thought. I feel like I might have like burst your dreams in some way, but we're <laughs> going to get there. Um, you also worked for um, the general Atlantic City Superior, well, Atlantic County Superior Court volunteering, right? Yes. And when you volunteered at, during that program, what was your job or what did you do? So I helped out one of the um, administrative assistants in the office. I did a lot of clerical work, um, printing, copying, just doing a lot of like help within that office. Um, but I did also serve on the juvenile uh, conference committee um, as a volunteer as well. Okay. And did you like all your experiences with the court? I did. Okay, so aside from the fact that I hired you, and that's how you ended up at the law offices of Melissa Rosenblum, um, how did you end up being a defense attorney's paralegal? Um, I don't really know how I ended up doing it. Honestly, when I graduated college, there it was very hard to find a job post grad because I did graduate in 2020, and it was that that was in the height of it was the, the height of COVID. Um, all of the prosecutors' offices, the courts, state and federal jobs, they were um, experiencing hiring freezes, so it was very difficult to find a job. Um, but I did come across your job posting on Indeed. Just so we're clear, I, I. I say this in tongue in cheek. I mean, like, COVID is awful, and I don't ever want to make light of like COVID. But thank goodness for COVID, because <laughs> I am, I am the beneficiary of you not being able to get the job of your dreams. Because <laughs> I think in the end, you got the job of your dreams without even knowing. Yes. Okay, I'm going to believe that. <laughs> I'm going to keep believing that. So, okay. So thanks to COVID, there was a hiring freeze everywhere in the world, but my office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I had two other interviews prior to interviewing with you, um, but I ended up not getting those jobs. Goodness. And what were those jobs? So my first interview post-grad was for the United States Probation Office, um, which is the federal probation office. And it was for a probation technician. So I would be what I am to you now for like a probation officer. So I would be their assistant. Um, but it was a temporary position not to exceed one year. So it's, I think of it as a good thing that I didn't get it because after a year I would have to look for another job. Um, but it still would have been good experience in uh, my opinion. So I didn't end up getting that job. And then my next interview was for um, a rehabilitation center for um, people that have just been released from state prison. And those were those your two first like first post grad interviews for full time jobs. Yes. So third time's a charm then. Yes. <laughs> so. Going from the idea of I want to work as a victim advocate to now working as a paralegal in a in a fully criminal defense oriented firm, did you hesitate in thinking was this the right fit for you? And um, are you surprised about 
sort of how we service our clients and advocate for our clients in a way that you might not have realized prior to um, going to college or working for a defense attorney? So I was definitely surprised when I first started working here because I didn't have any experience with like the criminal defense side of it. I feel like everything I learned in college was like policing, um, prosecuting, and not so much learning about the defense side of the criminal justice system. So it was definitely different and new for me. Um, and it was a little bit hard for me at first because I was so pro prosecutor's <laughs> office before working for you. So it was a little difficult for me at first. Um, but I, I, I do really like it a lot. And it's changed my mind completely about the criminal justice system and my views while I was in college versus what my views are now are just totally different. Oh, my goodness. So I actually was like in my head thinking I want to talk about your interview, mm -hmm. which we skipped, and we'll get back to it. But I have to say now, um, what are your views now? Or how do you see them changing? Um, because... From my personal personal perspective, I went to college because I wanted to prosecute violent crimes against children and women. And then I learned really, as much as I think it's an important job, my line, my ideas really lined up more as a criminal defense attorney. I would love really to hear like what your perspective was and what it is now. And, you know, you're coming up on two years of working for me, so... So when I was in college and I was interested in the criminal justice system before I even went to college and decided to study criminal justice. So my opinion back then was if you are accused of a crime and say you're in jail facing that crime, then you must be guilty and you must have committed that crime because you're accused and because you're in custody. So that was my view before working here mm -hmm. and now I realize that there's so many other factors that go into it. So many nuances, Definitely. right? So there's a lot of people that are in custody that have not committed the crime at all. Or they haven't committed the crime that they're allegedly in custody yes, for, right? Definitely. And there's just so much that goes into it that I now know that I wouldn't even have any idea of before working here. Right. Um, what about the fact that the clients that you're like, you really like, and there are clients that are more difficult that, you know, we might not love as much. We love a little less. <laughs> in, in that way, our clients, we can have favoritism, not with our children, but with <laughs> our clients. But it's fair to say, like, the clients you like, really like, versus the clients that you're like, they're hard to deal with. It has nothing to do with what they're charged with, right? No, absolutely not. Right. And doesn't even have to do with whether they're guilty or not, right? No, it just has to deal with them personality-wise, I would say. It has nothing to do with what they're charged with. Which I'm sure was surprising, right? Yes. Because right. beforehand, I've held some pretty harsh opinions on certain crimes that are allegedly committed. Right. If you're, if you're charged with that crime, you're a bad person. Yes. Right. I don't, th I mean, I think it's natural you know, and I always say that, you know, that's probably um, true even with young prosecutors because they've probably never talked to somebody that has been accused of a crime, mm -hmm. you know. 
Um, and you know this. I like most of my clients. Yes. <laughs> and why I don't like them has nothing to do with what they're charged exactly. with. Exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it is interesting. It's a definitely different perspective. Um, and uh, so it's nice to see that. I, I mean, I know that you have the difference in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to talk about your interview because you said you had really three interviews. You had one for a United States probation officer, mm-hmm. which would have been a federal court. You had one with the rehabilitation center, and then you had one with me. And um, I pretty much knew before the end of the interview that I was going to extend a full-time offer to you. Did you know that? I had a sense from our interview that you were very interested in me. So I definitely got the feeling that you were going to extend me the offer. So when you went home, and at the time, Jessica had just graduated from college, so I'm going to say it like this. When you went home, what did you say to your mom? <laughs> so I talked to her. So the inter- the second interview I had for the rehabilitation center, that was right before the interview I had with you. Oh, my goodness. So they I were, didn't know that. Yeah, they were in the same day. So I went home and I talked to my mom pretty much about like the pros and the cons of each of them. And the deciding factor was I believed working for you would give me the best experience for what I would like to do in the future rather than the rehabilitation center. So now I'm, I'm asking questions I have no <laughs> idea the answer for. Did they extend an offer at the rehabilitation? No, they didn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Darn, I was thinking I beat, you yeah. know, because I'm so competitive. I'm like, did I win on that one? No, they emailed me. I think it was like three or four months after I started working for you. Oh. It was a very long process for that job. So, yeah, I got an email saying you're not the one. You're not the one. But I had already extended yeah. the offer. Mm-hmm. And you accepted my offer. Yes. And you didn't say I'm going to wait for the rehab. No. Oh, I'm still feeling like a win. <laughs> so you walked out, and, and you had a reference on your... You didn't actually put her as a reference, but there was somebody that you interned at the courts that I have a very good friendship with, and I called that person, and I said, what do you think about Jessica? Um, she applied to my law firm as a paralegal, and, and you, you got the most glowing, ringing endorsement. Should I say who said it? You can. I don't know. I'm going to say it. I'll, okay. delete, I'll have to ask her if it's okay. okay. But you clerked or you interned for Jeannie Seymour, yes. who works for the courts, who's a friend of mine. And I, uh, and you didn't tell me that it was her who was your supervisor, but I knew based on the position that Jeannie was your supervisor. And I reached out to her and I just said your name. And she was like, oh my goodness. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening in. Stay tuned for the next part in this conversation. Mighty Merp is available on iTunes, Spotify, and all your favorite apps and players. But the best way to experience the show is to visit MightyMerp.com. That's MightyMerp.com.